Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It is Brendan Escott with you today on Oilers. Now, Oilers suffering a 3-0 road loss to the Arizona Coyotes last night. We will recap that for you on today's show, which is brought to you, as always, by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office, IT, and supplies. Hope you're doing well. We have Bob flying right now, hence me taking over the host chair and we've got a busy one for you. We will hear from the big guy uh, just before he embarked on their trip back to Edmonton this morning. 12.35, Brian Lawton from the NHL Network will check in. We'll talk, well, we'll talk some Oilers, of course, but is Alex Ovechkin the type of player that we will never see again in our lifetime as he inches closer and closer and closer to a goal-scoring record we all thought was out of reach for so long. We'll get Lawton's thoughts on that at 12.35. Then at 1.05, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. You know him, you love him, you keep asking for more, we keep delivering more. We'll talk to him about what might be on General Manager Ken Holland's trade wish list as that deadline nears. We're creeping towards the end of this month. And the Oilers 
might be in a position to add. I know that's always front of mind for you, the good Ched listener, which you can keep in touch on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, if you so choose. That's 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors. Floors strong enough for any mini sticks tournament. Let me know what you think. What's top of mind on general manager Ken Holland's wish list? We talked a little bit yesterday. Is it a third line center? Could it be a scoring winger? Is Kasperi Kapanen in a fit? Who goes the other way? All that to be settled in time. 135, we'll hear from our NHL insider, John Shannon. And then at 145, from the general manager of the number one ranked team in Canadian Junior A hockey, the Sherwood Park Crusaders, we'll hear from Kyle Chase as well. We mentioned the Ashley Fine Floors text line, but 780-496-0063 is also the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. Funny man, SNL veteran Tracy Morgan hits the stage at the River Cree on March 6th. You can get your tickets. Tickets at rivercreeresort.com. So we mentioned it last night. It was an out of gas Oilers team. And I don't want to have the text line start coming at me saying, don't make excuses for the team. They came off of three consecutive emotionally charged games. I really believe that factored into a rough start. It seemed like they weren't getting a lot of bounces, in my opinion, either. If it's skipping over the stick of Dreisaitl, and it was, you can be damn sure it's skipping over the stick of a Josh Archibald, of a Gaetan Haas. We saw that happen. So ultimately, uh, Miko Koskinen did everything that I thought he could to keep that game within reach for the team. But you're going to have those nights. You're, you're not going to win every game in an 82-game season. They're still 8-2-2 two and two in their last 12 games. And to be honest with you, I didn't get the vibe that really the fan base or the team was all that down or disappointed after the loss last night. We'll explore that as we jump into the direct workwear audio vault where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. We'll get some comments after we hear how it sounded on the the Oilers radio network. Here's Jack Michaels. Oilers have lost only one game in regulation in their last 11. Coyotes have won only one game in their last nine. Centering pass tipped on net and Koskinen able to make the save and this game is picked up in pace already. Dry settle one timer from McDavid. Shot by Cassian off a ricochet. Save made by Ronta and then a block shot against Kleppbaum. Hall back door tipped in. Connor Garland stays hot from Taylor Hall and Garland who leads the team with 18 goals, gives the Coyotes a 1-0 advantage. Now it's Larson. Hills shot, and that almost trickled through. It was redirected a couple of times. Off the faceoff, McDavid, another shot block by Stepon. Lawson Krause, two-on-one with Kleppbaum back, and it was deflected in by Kleppbaum. The centering pass ends up behind Koskinen. 2-0. Krause will get credit for the goal. His 13 Shorthanded. Time, 6.58. Well, hard work makes breaks, and that's what we're seeing here with Arizona. The Oilers' work rate wasn't there in the first period. They had a good start to the second. 
And then cleft bomb shot, double ricochet and block, kick back out. And Krause is trying to be unselfish and pass it across. Ricocheted right off the boot. The Edmonton Oilers, Oscar cleft bomb, a short-handed goal. Jones will play it up the boards, pinching in Krause, shoots, and a block shot by Jones with an end empty. Dvorak shoots and scores. 3-0 Arizona, 2 11 to play. Dvorak, the empty netter, is 15th, and that might do it. So there you have it. Just not the team's night. But in saying that, the Oilers outshot the Coyotes 30-27. They outhit the Coyotes 24-17. They won the faceoff battle as well, 27-21. The biggest difference to me, I think, was the quality of chances that the Oilers weren't getting through on net. And you look at the 21 blocked shots. 21 blocked shots by the Coyotes and you got to think that has something to do with it Dave Tippett says they just didn't have it last night we didn't have much juice tonight I was worried about that yesterday I was worried about it this morning and I was worried about it before the game so we just finished three real emotional games real hard games you could tell our, we didn't have much in the tank and uh, you, know, you can you can tell when guys are they're trying to try but there's just nothing there and that's when you're trying to try they're looking at you coming off and you're kind of look at them I've got any more and they're looking at I've got everything that's all I got so that's where we were tonight and that tone to me just really indicates how much of a player's coach Dave Tippett's been this season he's not ragging on the guys he's he's not blowing up because they didn't get the effort that they had probably wanted against a big divisional team like the Coyotes and a team that they could well have beat but off of two emotional losses, sometimes the legs are two emotional games, excuse me, not losses. The legs just aren't there. Connor McDavid adding in. No, it felt like they had seven guys out there. They uh, they played solid and, um, you know, we didn't have it tonight. So chalk this one up as, uh, as a wash. And, um, you know, overall, I've, uh, I've liked our, our last five games against uh, you know, some tough opponents. And um, obviously it sucks losing to, to a team that... Uh, you're trying to push out of the playoffs and, and they're trying to catch you. So, um, you know, it's a tight division and um, you're going to have nights like these, but, you know, they, they, they were good and we didn't have it. Leon Dreisaitl with some additional thoughts. They're in the playoff spot. I mean, we're not taking any teams lightly here, especially not a team in our division that, you know, I think they're in the playoff spot, right? Yeah. So we're not taking anyone lately here, but some nights you just... You know, you just can't find a way to, to squeak one by. You know, I thought we had a few chances. Uh, their goalie was, was great. Um, and yeah, those nights happen once in a while. Uh, I think we got to bear down on our chances a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, there's still a way to, to win a game like that, uh, even though you don't maybe have the most energy or anything like that. So, yeah, we got to figure that out. And they'll get a couple of good opportunities back on home ice to right the ship. San Jose in town tomorrow, Nashville on Saturday. That's an early start time, 5 o'clock here on 6.30, Chad, and then Chicago thereafter. So three upcoming games against three teams below them in the standings. We'll see what Bob Stoffer thought of last night's game and what it means moving forward. 12.15 at Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you today on Oilers Now. It is Brendan Escott with you today on Oilers Now. A couple quick text messages here regarding that 3-0 shutout loss for the Oilers last night in Arizona. Uh, if Tippett was worried about them not having enough juice, he should have put some fresh legs into the lineup. That's from Fraser. Um, not a bad point. But given the way that they had performed in those previous games, I think that he was more thinking along the lines of let's not ruin a good thing. 
And now that there was a couple of dud performances, and we'll get to that in this conversation with Bob, now you've got that wiggle room. Now, in all likelihood, we're going to see Tyler Benson, if not tomorrow, certainly Saturday night, you've got to figure. So, good point. Another one asking how many shots that Arizona blocked throughout the game. 21 blocked shots. And some of the shots that they didn't block were little butterflies that kind of caught an edge, skipped over the stick. It just seemed like, in addition to not having the legs churning, they weren't getting a lot of t- uh, puck luck either, at least the way that I saw the game. That's what I thought. We'll bring aboard uh, a pre-recorded conversation, I suppose, with Bob Stauffer, the team jumping in the bird, if not already, certainly pretty quick here to come home from Arizona. But fortunate enough to connect with the regular host of this show. Let's get to it. Well, Bob, uh, a team last night, an Oilers team that just simply didn't look like it had a ton of juice out of the gate, a 3 nothing shutout loss. Uh, fire away. What did you think of it? Well, uh, as Dave Tippett alluded to, the team got in uh, from Calgary uh, after, you know, I mean, you have three real emotional games in a row, two against the Flames, the type of hockey that, uh, you know, everybody wants to see, high energy, physical, fully engaged hockey, and then sandwiched in between those two games against Calgary was the game against St. Louis. And so you had a scenario, obviously, three games in four nights, the others got five out of a possible six points against some really good teams. Calgary is a good team. Uh, St. Louis, obviously, the reigning Stanley Cup champs. You got stuck on the tarmac on uh, Saturday night in Calgary until 2.40 in the morning because they had a a snowstorm and then landed in Arizona Sunday at uh, 6 a.m. Sunday was an off day for the team. No excuse. Like, look, the bottom line is, I think, judging by the response on Twitter that I got last night after the game, my sense is most fans get it in an 82-game schedule. You're going to have some games that are tougher to get up for than others. Uh, you know, the Oilers, you know, they missed the playoffs a bunch over the years. There's obviously been times where they just haven't been a good enough team. Um, I think they're a better team than they've been uh, this season, but they didn't show it last night against Arizona. And you nailed it. I mean, the first period was that first couple shifts were decent, and then it just went sideways. And Arizona was desperate and committed, and the Oilers could not get to the level of um, – uh, I won't say commitment, but engagement that they had in the two games against Calgary and the game against San Jose. Uh, they didn't get any cheap, easy goals. Uh, Arizona kind of built a perimeter around their net. For whatever reason, the Oilers couldn't get pucks through. And I'd say some of it was Arizona's ability to block shots and front pucks. But the other part of it was the Oilers didn't one time a puck the entire game, which to me was a sign that they weren't sharp. So, uh, you know, they, they played a team that was more desperate, a little bit more hungry, and a team that's a good team. And I, I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball out there for the Lesters right now. I think the Oilers would have been better off if Ekman Larson and uh, – and Demers would have been playing because your ears perk up the better players you play against. And I'm going to illustrate that point where there were times that Chicago would come in Edmonton uh, back in 2011, 12, 12, 13, and around that time. And the Oilers didn't have a McDavid or Drysaddle. Yes, they had Hall or Nugent Hopkins, but they weren't on the McDavid Drysaddle level. And they just mailed it in. And I mean, the Oilers scored nine and eight goals in one season against Chicago at home. And Arizona. It's tough to to me. Minnesota's a tough place to get up and play in. Arizona's a tough place to get up and play in. Uh, and so, I won't call it a scheduling loss. I get the frustration from the fans, but I also think a lot of fans, Brendan, are really understanding kind of what happened last night. And I got the same sense, Bob, post game from the players and from Tippett as well. And I'm wondering how much of that has to do with the fact that they get to come back home and they get a very beatable San Jose team tomorrow night. 
Okay, you can say they're very beatable, but I'd say in this league, the Oilers, they're not Tampa Bay, right, where, you know, they're just better than, you know, on paper than 80% of the teams in the league. And I look at San Jose, and I look at a team that has historically kind of had Edmonton's number. But let's face it, the Sharks over the last 15 years have probably been maybe the best team with the overall record in the entire league during that stretch. Uh, that said, they don't have Couture and Hurdle. They do get back home. Uh, San Jose obviously won last night at Calgary, which is something else to hit on here, Brendan, is that Calgary didn't exactly have a lot of energy left for their home game. Then they got the bad news on the Geo front. But, right. uh, you know, Edmonton's got three games here at home against three teams below them against in the standings. They got to find a way to win all three games, and they got to be ready to go right from the start of the game. Couple of quick hitters here before I let you go. I want to talk about Josh Archibald. Five hits, three shot blocks last night. This guy just keeps finding ways to contribute, even if it's not on the score sheet necessarily. Yeah, that said, he missed a point blank tap in on the back door as a right shot. Just couldn't get there early in the game. Might have been either the first or the second shift of the game. If that puck's in the net, it's a different hockey game. He gives you what he's got, right? He's been a good pickup. My guess is they're going to, uh, I know the TSN insiders yesterday talked about a sh- shorter term Darnell Nurse extension. And I believe that Ken Holland will also consummate a shorter term, you know, maybe a two year deal on an extension for Archibald. He's a useful player. <clears throat> in a perfect world, he's not playing in your top six, but he's a, you know, effective player. But what does it tell us about the Oilers last night, Brendan, where you're highlighting Josh Archibald in the lineup? It's telling us that some of the Oilers' top-end guys didn't have it going on. Very good point. Miko Koskinen, one player that did have it going on and really was a big part of the reason it wasn't a, a further out of reach game. Well, it was a strange game, right, because he was so good in the first period to keep it scoreless, and then just the whole seat. Like, Darnell Nurse had a tough game for me offensively with the puck. He tried to transport uh, but on the first goal against, you know, he hammers a puck 18 feet wide on the net or ricochets around the boards. And then the Oilers are in chase mode back in their own zone and Hall finds uh, Garland wide open and no chance for Koskinen on that one. And then the fluky deflection on the block shot from Clefbaum on the second one. So that's, I think that's what kind of frustrates me the most is I think Miko gave them a really good start last night. And that was a winnable game against a team that was lacking some confidence. But you know what? Sometimes you win some games you should lose, and sometimes you lose some games that you win. The key for Edmonton is they got to find a way to get to 44 or 45 wins by the end of the season. Oh. So uh, there's been some disappointing games this year. I mean, they lost in Detroit and all that one. I mean, I think the Oilers, I know Jack put this tweet out the other day, Edmonton's beaten eight of the top nine teams in the National Hockey League this season. But they've dropped some games too, and that's all part of an ongoing maturing hockey club. And finally, we'll we'll end with this, and we don't need to spend too much time on it. But I just have, I found it very interesting at the very end of that hockey game, Jujar Kara going after I believe it was Jacob Chikrin. Uh Too little, too late, and especially for a guy who's really trying to work his way into what could be maybe one last look on this Oilers roster, Bob, as the trade deadline approaches. What did you make of that scenario? Well. Uh, you know, Chikrin gave a little love tap again to Connor, probably third or fourth shift of the game. And 100%, Brendan, that, that needed to come from Jujar earlier in the hockey game. And, uh, you know, Labushkin, I mean, Cassian went after Labushkin the first chance he could get in the second period. Labushkin's not going to drop the gloves of Cassian because he'll cave his face in, you know, and, and he knows that. And, you know, because Zach's got a nasty left hand and Labushkin's a big hitter. But, I, you know, it, I, there's going to. Put it this way, you, you play like that, 
So we, we all get why Dave Tippett stayed with the same lineup based on the heels of the performance that Edmonton had in Calgary. That was the best game the owners played all season. They had 49 shots on goal. They scored eight goals. Everybody contributed. You have to keep everybody in the lineup. Well, now you're coming off a stinker, and that gives the coach carte blanche to make some changes here. We'll see where James Neal is at. Because um, for me, I might consider a couple different changes in the lineup. And uh, if Neal's ready to go and that might enable you to put Archibald back in the third line right wing and maybe give Benson a shot at home playing in front of, you know, he grew up here in Edmonton, give him a chance. So maybe, uh, you know, Neil, uh, Neil for Patrick Russell, who had a quiet night last night, and then Benson for Juju Arcara, and then you move Archibald over back to the right side, and that's how you, you sort of finesse the talent. But I'm not quite sure where James Neal's at in his recovery, but I do expect Tyler Benson to play tomorrow night. There you have it. So for those of you hitting me up on the text line wondering when will the debut with a hometown kid, Tyler Benson, happen, I up tomorrow against San Jose. That's a 7.30 puck drop here on 6.30, Chad, by the way. So that means a 6 o'clock City Ford face-off show. We're going to hear from Brian Lawton from the NHL Network after a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.